When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates. Your friendly dating podcast, uh, your friendly neighborhood dating podcast. Wow, I've got to admit something right off the bat here. I just looked at Liza. I was like <laughs> babbling away about what we were going to talk about today, thinking I was already talking to you all. And I just said, Liza, can we start over? I have bad <laughs> juju. So that's how my morning is going. Thank you to Liza for being so understanding. Not truly- at all. I mean, look, I... We say this a lot, but truly, like, sometimes the vibes are weird. It's a million in the morning in L.A. That's why it's eight in the morning in L.A., but to me, that's the (laughs) earliest that anything should ever – like, that's earlier than I've ever done anything useful, so it is understandable. We're going to crush it. It's it's holidating time. It's holidating time. Yes, I really appreciate your willingness to be flexible, Liza. I just – I got in one of those spirals. I was looking at our outline. Yes, we have an outline. Be excited. Uh, but I was looking at our outline and thinking, I hate everything that's coming out of my mouth. I can't make it stop. I can't make it sound better. I can't recover from this. I have to say it out loud. And I did. And we're here. And I'm grateful for you. And we're grateful for all of you. This is our holidaying episode. It's always a fun Ooh. one. Thank it's you for being It's our Mama annual. We're not sure what year. And we've decided not to count. <laughs> and that's for, how for I- For our own mental health. Exactly. I feel that is a great mental health tip, Liza. When you are not sure how many years it's been, like since college or whatever, my mama. Don't worry about it. I've been single for my mama years. I've been dating this person for my mama years. Time is a construct. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Especially after COVID. It doesn't, nothing fucking matters. Um, Anyway, on that upbeat holiday thing, theme I okay it's funny because I am a Grinch in general um especially this year it's just for whatever reason I have decided to not even attempt to get into any kind of holiday spirit I'm just Christmas is just going to be another day that I participate in with family and that's it I'm not do like I just am owning the fact that I don't really love Christmas and I'm saying this now because I feel like that will be the energy I bring to this holidaying episode which is like make it your own you can change your year some years I do get into it and this year I've just been like I don't think it's I don't think it's it this year I think there's too much shit going on and whatever but that will be my general holidaying uh point of view what about what about you? How are you feeling holiday wise this year? A great question. First, I really respect and admire and appreciate your point of view. I, again, I think, you know, not engaging with Christmas or the holidays generally great mental health tip. Uh, I have been trying to get into the spirit, putting up the tree, putting up the lights, baking the cookies. But then I was baking like so too many cookies last night. 
I'm eating the batter, feeling like crap about how much sugar I'm putting into my body and raw eggs, I suppose, Uh, getting angsty, forgetting to put the vanilla in the biscotti. Like, I just don't, I had a moment last night where I was like, why do I do this to myself? Do these cookies really bring my neighbors or friends joy? And I'm not, I'm not like Santa Claus over here going around to all the houses. I am just literally giving them to my cute little neighbors because I have too many, bringing them to my friends because... I guess there's there's a part of me that like my mom was it, it's always her recipes Thanksgiving it was her pies these are her cookies and then but every like every last year it felt fun because I think we had nothing to do this year it feels stressful and I cried at Thanksgiving and I've almost cried making the cookies because I keep fucking up so that's how I feel my my experience with cookie with baking is how I feel about the holidays this year really excited and you know ambitious and then disappointed in myself. Uh, but, but, but I, I think we can keep this positive. We can also keep it negative. Liza, you and I are never really Christmas stands. I don't feel like we're like, yeah, no. holiday movies. Like there are people for whom Christmas is not in a bad way, just truly like 10% of their personality. Like once a year, it is their time. And we are not those people. But I, I honestly always envy those people because when I was a kid, I was like, I've been playing Christmas carols and things. And and then I'm like, oh, I, I can't listen to these anymore, which is sad. Yeah. I mean, I have moments, like I said, like I have moments of being into it. But this year, I, I feel like every December, I always feel like I should force myself to get spirity. And this year I've decided like not to force it and just to be like, okay, I will appreciate like I've had a bunch of like dinners out and gone to a couple holiday parties and gotten to see friends who I really haven't like seen a ton of now that we're all like vaxxed and boosted and blah, blah, blah and whatever. And that's been really nice. I had dinner with Sarah Winter this week. Like I just like I saw, you know, I'm like seeing some people who I really want to see and spend time with. And that's been really nice. It, our our in-person date kicked off the like seeing friends portion mm-hmm. of the holiday season and that's making me really happy and that's about it so I'm not putting up lights and I'm not playing Christmas carols and I'm not I don't I didn't get a tree and I'm just like outside of the connection I'm not into it and I'm just kumbayaing and letting it be what it will be I love it I think it's healthy I think it's great that is the best part and for some reason it feels very New York to me Though I very easily could be doing this in LA. I'm going to a Christmas party tonight. But just like yeah. the the random weekday dinners or drinks with friends because it's the holidays. Like totally. I do love that. And it just doesn't feel like Christmas in LA in the same way. I think yeah. that's it. And that's the other thing. Like the thing that I love about being in New York at Christmas is that everything has like a little bit of decoration, but it's not too aggressive if you stay out of like the super touristy areas. So, you know, Sarah and I went to Bernie's and, mm. you know, there were just like, a couple little garlands up sort of but like not you know not really or like just little little things like that where you can be like okay festive but like I don't need to be too I don't need to be feeling guilty I don't need to be pushed into a corner anyway my feelings aside I mean martinis are festive I will say that martinis and Christmas totally yeah drinking a martini in a sweater like that's Mm. That's, that's a good where I want to be Christmas wise. Okay, I promise we will talk about all the dating content we're about to dive into. But Liza, can I just tell you one thing that did get me in the mood? This whole playlist yes. of songs. I heard Mariah Carey. I heard Britney Spears. Santa, can you hear me? And then I, the best Christmas song of all time came on. 
Eight Days of Christmas by Destiny's Child. I don't know if you have any recollection of this song. I do not, but I will be listening <laughs> as soon as we hang out. On the eighth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me is just the lyric that's popping in my head right now. And I say that because all these other songs are all about, you know, I don't need anything for Christmas. I just need a lover. No. Destiny's Child, Beyonce, the girls, they were like, no, I have a lover. And these are the presents he's giving me over these eight days of Christmas. But it's... It's like a Benz. It's also some quality T-I-M-E. Like you guys should just, just, it's the best Christmas song. And that's all. It might get you in the mood. I just, I just had to share that that's at the all, top. That's also a good segue into Consumption Corner. Perfect. Which, uh, you know, I will, okay, so I'm going to recommend, I have been having a strange moment where I am not like trashy content is not doing it for me and longtime listeners of this podcast know that that is soul shaking because I live on Bravo and Survivor and Top Chef and Drag Race I mean I still watch a lot of Drag Race but I I've been in like a highbrow moment which is not because I think I'm snobby it's because I think I've run out like like there's I'm at the I've finished Netflix and Hulu I finished everything I've watched everything that is available to me I'm just waiting for the new season's of Real Housewives to hit Hulu. So in that interim, uh, we have to get you a way to watch Bravo. Okay, let's think. About I know this. Peacock this with is ads. Thing is Peacock like, with ads. I mean, I am. Yeah. I've gone down the Bravo rabbit rabbit hole. I watch what happens live now. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I fucking love watching what happens live. Yeah. Um. So I watched a. I went to like a screening of Maggie Gyllenhaal's movie, The Lost Daughter, and it was so fucking goddamn good and beautiful and like it is for women and it is about womanhood and it's like I love it's based on an Elena Ferrante novel who wrote the Neapolitan novels but this is like another novel that she wrote that I haven't read but her writing style is like so unique and perfect and uh, there's something so like feminine about it and Maggie Gyllenhaal just like perfectly captured it in this movie and it just I felt so many feelings and it was like complicated and beautiful and it was so fucking good and it's going to be on Netflix on December 31st. So if you like me are also like fuck New Year's, you know, have a glass of wine and watch this movie and feel feel your feelings. Oh, that's exciting. I have not seen it, obviously, and I would love to see it soon. I'm glad you liked it. What about you? Okay. I'm going to go where my heart desires to go without spoiling anything. Last night I watched, and just like that, the Sex and the City reboot, I will call it. It's not the same show. Um, I won't say anything. I suggest you watch it really soon, everyone. It's like a blanket, a comfortable blanket that you get to put back on. And the end really got me. And it's going to be spoiled if you don't watch it soon. Did you see it? Really? Yeah. No, okay, I didn't see it, but I do actually think I know the ending. Does it relate to a text thread? No. Okay. Okay, never nope. mind. I would watch it. Okay. It they also there is a specific filmmaking choice at the very end. Uh, filmmaking There's a specific choice at the very end that I saw people being like, "Oh my god, it, it like I'm crying or something." And I was like, "I don't think I care that much about this show anymore, but then just a, I'll say a music choice that really got me, sent me all the way. <laughs> like, how many um, How many episodes is it? There are only two out right now. I only watched the first one because I just wanted oh, to know. It's at the end of the okay. first episode. It's okay. really interesting too. They're not um, 
I, I, I just find it interesting if you at all in any way, shape, or form loved or watched Sex in the City. Like, it is – I'm not going to say it's like – I don't know. I've seen one episode, but God, watch it immediately. Um, okay. Also, really sad, it. like, Willie Garson or Gar- uh, Stanford is in it, and he yeah. passed he in passed real life. Away. I don't know. It's like – also, people just look really good. Generally, most people look really good for their age. Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, I, Eliza, like, treat yourself today. I'm not even kidding. It's such an easy thing to just throw on. And you – for me, it was like all this New York nostalgia, like not for my life, not for the old show. Just like, I don't know. There was something really comforting about seeing old characters you watch for so long, like back. And they're definitely not doing the same old shtick. I'm not okay, saying it's cool. like a revolutionary new shtick either, but it's definitely a different show, which I appreciate. Yeah, so. that's cool. I'm excited to watch. I have walked by. They are shooting a ton in my neighborhood. So I've walked by their set like four or five times, like literally saw a a trailer with a sticker that said SJPHMU, which is Sarah Jessica Parker hair and makeup. And I was like, ah, you know, like it, it definitely has something about it has struck my little fangirl heart. So but I've also been nervous to watch it because of like, you know, expectations. We've already and- destroyed that show in hindsight. So nothing can ruin it. And like totally all there's so much fun discourse about it online. And there's a very specific thing in the this episode that I would be curious to know your thoughts on. And if you um, could ask Jeff's thoughts on after you watch it. He doesn't need to watch Interesting. it. So, Interesting. Lots, okay. lots of teases. Anyone who's seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, now I'm, I'm my saying. interest is peaked. My best friend since kindergarten, who I watched all of the original Sex and the City DVDs with. We went to the fucking Blockbuster and got the DVDs and watched them in my parents' basement. He texted me last night and was like, I don't like it. And I was like, oh, it just, oh, you know. Well, yeah, I'm not going to be like, I like it or don't like it yet. But it, I, I expected to dislike it a lot more. I think okay. I think it's like you have to go in being like, I get to go hang out with these characters again. Yeah, totally. I, it's funny. I couldn't even say like, I like it. I don't like it. It's just like, this was fun to watch. This was okay. good to watch. Good to know. I'm going like to watch it. it today. I will rep- I will report back. Um. Okay. Should okay. we do it? Hey, let's do it. Let's tell the people what we're going to talk about first. We're going to start our holidaying episode with some rapid fire, mostly holiday adjacent uh, questions. This little like quick corner we're doing. What do we call it? We had a name. It's gone. Then we yeah, will talk about. Corner yeah. Something. I want to also then quickly talk about this TikTok from May the 11th that a listener submitted about a Google form. I'm going to ask, sorry, a Google form asking someone on a first date. It's kind of a joke. It's a TikTok, but I want to ask Liza the questions. So we're going to do that, even though it's not supremely holiday related. Then we will talk about holiday loneliness, the engagements. Um, We're going to talk about, I thought we'd all be single together, uh, an article from the cut that I posted that is honestly related to Sex in the City in a way. Um, Definitely related, but just talking about all of it, the loneliness, the seeing the engagements, but also why the narrative needs to switch. I do feel like we talk about this every year, but we need to talk about it again because we need to continue to challenge even like the narratives within ourselves that we aren't just from society. Sometimes they have to do with loneliness, real loneliness. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to do a quick gift guide and then a listener question or an am I the asshole or a reddit chip one of the three we'll go we'll see what time we'll go with permits. our feelings <laughs> um I feel like the the sub theme uh, it, this is the, the t- I'm gonna title this episode holidating and loneliness 
perfect. Because I feel like that's and also the list. Well, maybe we'll do the listener question because I think it does relate to this, and I think it's really important around the holidays to talk about because. It can be, obviously, we all know it's like an old stereotype, but it can be a pretty like bleak time of year or a dark time of year for a lot of people. Like everyone's family situations are very different, but also it's a time where I think there is so much pressure put on being in a relationship. So we're going to get into all of it. Um, Cool. We'll start with these rapid fire questions. Do you want me? I'll read the first one. How much communication to expect if we've gone on a few dates but are both going to be away for weeks for the holidays? Ooh, this is always tricky. I think it is a blessing in disguise kind of when we're like, oh, you got ghosted. You got to find out early. I think you're just going to find out. First of all, expect, honestly, I, I would say expect no communication. Like holidays are weird. We just talked about it. So maybe start there. It says a few dates. So if you've gone on a few dates. And then I would say um, – but that doesn't mean you can't like send a text when you feel like you want to. Expect nothing and like see how it goes and you'll learn a lot and don't push it. Don't be anxious about it. This is a few dates. If this person doesn't text you the entire time, you know, maybe maybe it's not about you. It's about like their weird holidays or vice versa. Maybe if they text you the entire time, it's about their weird holidays and they're just looking for an outlet. It also doesn't mean they want to be with you forever. So sorry. Yeah. I just feel like I remember this happening to me one year. Like it was like two dates and I was like loving that. Like texting even after a few dates a lot can get into pen pal territory in a weird way. I don't know. Zero expectations. I think you can even initiate a like, a like, hey, like I I might text someone like two days after Christmas and be like, what's the weirdest like family holiday food you guys eat? Or just like some stupid question. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you want to make a point of contact, but I would say, like, make it something funny and not like, how is your holiday? What's going on? You know, I don't know. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that it can help to just be like, hey, I'm just bored and chatting. Like, I'm not expecting something. I'm being unfeminist in this answer. You should say whatever the fuck you want. But that's the route I would go is, like, I just would want to be like, hey, I'm not trying to see you over the holidays. I'm just trying to just kind of fucking check in and chat for a minute yeah not have it totally like I I know that anxiety that comes with like a big pause or even when someone is going to be traveling or you are you're like oh but the first two dates went so well or the first three dates like I don't want the momentum to die but the momentum won't die if it's not supposed to and yeah I say zero expectations but also totally text whatever you want I don't even hate like a if they are a Christmas person Merry Christmas if they're not a Christmas person like just happy new year there's so many yeah yeah a happy new year text is good yeah yeah it's just like I a it's like a poke on facebook Ooh, totally. i'm old okay uh, uh I, I got tipsy and was texting way too aggressively help me uh, i think this has to do with text anxiety liza i've been here. here's mine next morning oh my god i'm sorry i was tipsy last night and a little text happy yeah. Monkey oh, face with the hands over his eyes. My favorite emoji in the world. Yeah. I used to always do monkey with hands over eyes. Not that I think you actually have to be ashamed because we all do it. Also, think about when you're on the receiving end of a drunk text ever. Unless it's like very aggressive and mean, I'm always like, I'm. you're never as judgmental of others as you are of yourself. So Totally. It's always fun. And then when it stops being fun, you kind of stop repl- responding. You know, yeah. and it's like, that's always my thing is I'm like, this is fun until I'm like, okay, I, I think I've had enough of the like, of the banter. And then I'll just be like, fade away, you know? Yep. 
Okay, next one. Crush on coworker. How flirty can it get at holiday party? Ooh, uh, I love this. I, I love you having coworker. Really crushes. flirty because you only live once. No, I mean, uh, get flirty. I think when it gets to like, are we gonna date? Like even hooking up with a coworker. I don't know. So many people meet their person at work, but I also think it's a total disaster if you like start seriously dating someone at work. So maybe if you're like. Interviewing at other companies, get really, really flirty. And if you're not, get halfway there. I don't know, Liza. Yeah. What are your thoughts here? Look, if it's if they're single and they are mm. at your same level professionally, they're not your subordinate or your boss, fucking flirt. Flirting is fun. And, you know, if it's a work situation where, again, you guys don't have anything to gain or lose from each other professionally, like, just have fun being flirtatious. Don't. Don't touch them. Or, you know, you could do an arm touch. If you want to touch, do a little forearm, hand on the forearm. That's, that's I think, fairly comfortable. And then just see if it's returned. But I would say have fun. Especially, yeah. like, if they're not in your department. Like, if they're not someone you work with regularly. Oh, my God. I'm like, they're basically not a coworker. I mean, I'm saying this. Like, I, I hooked up with a coworker, and it kind of, like, ended badly. And... You know, it wasn't the most fun at work, but we didn't really work together. So other than like some awkward run-ins in the hallways, it wasn't a big deal. So, you know, gauge it based on if this is someone you sit next to every single day and are on the same team with, maybe modulate it based on that. Yeah, that gives me anxiety just to think about. But oh, yeah. again, so many people oh meet at work. Like work, it's okay. a different kind of intimacy, you know, that can get romantic. Yeah. Also, if you really like them, fucking flirt. If you're just like, I'm kind of like looking for a hookup, I would say don't bother because it can get messy and like the, the you know, the hookup of it all, it might be better to just hook up with a stranger or a friend of a friend or something. But um, unless, again, they work on another floor in another department and you see them occasionally, dep depending on your work environment. But if it's like a small team or if you work at a restaurant or whatever it is, like. Oh, if you yeah. work at a restaurant, you've already hooked up with one of your coworkers. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah, I was just 100%. as soon as I said that, I was like, restaurants are a fucking nonstop <laughs> orgy fest from when I worked there. Um, OK, last one. OK, this is very relatable. Big chance. I, I, I won't. But this is if you didn't listen to our fighting episode, you know, I had anxiety about this as well. Big chance I will run into my Sigos ex over the holidays. What do I do? What do you do, Liza? At a bar. Look fucking fabulous every time you leave the house <laughs> and you know be polite and gracious and unforgettable and magical <laughs> and just sparkle and dazzle and be so I, I definitely go with the kill them with kindness oh my god yeah. hi it's so nice to meet you like you know I, I think that you want to be like <laughs> this is how I would approach it you want to be someone where they're like, oh, I get why my ex is dating. You know, like, it's just, yeah. I have met three girlfriends of uh. my an ex at this point. And because I am, there is a friendship circle kind of thing. And a few of them, I've been like, cool. Like, I really, good, good for him. Like, this is really a, a like, really cool person. And, um, you know. I just think that's the way to do it. You got to fucking Princess Diana this bitch and just and just yeah. charm charm the people, you know? Yeah, Princess Diana that bitch. That's a great 
um, visual just or um, uh, spirit animal. Oh my God, what is happening? I can't think of the word, but yes, do that. Princess Diana, it be your best self. Like, you know, when you like have to turn something on so hard, it's almost like giving a presentation. You're so on maybe for that presentation or you're like, or talking to someone, I don't know, like engaging with a child for like the first hour, you're like so on, but then you're exhausted. Like it's going to be like that. Be so Princess Diana and then, and then you'll actually feel good at the end of it. Totally. Yeah. It's so much. a lot of questions about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) All right. We're going to do the TikTok. Okay, shout out to our lovely listener. I didn't ask if I could use your name. Not that this is controversial, but we really appreciate you DMing us this TikTok. Okay, so this is from a lovely lady on TikTok. Actually, this is the first time I've – she's – I don't know the TikTok stars, so this is not a knock, but it's the first time I'm um, learning about her. May the 11 is her TikTok. We're not going to play it for you. I would recommend you check it out, but basically – and I – this it feels really wholesome um but basically she's like a friend asked me out on a first date and he gave me a google form to fill out and i just wanted to ask some of the google form questions to you liza um oh my because God. it's not necessarily something i'd recommend sending to your hinge match but it's kind of a fun thing to think about like in terms of like what you want to almost like google form yourself about before a date okay so the first question, if I screenshotted these in the right order, and again, this girl's really cute and like giving a whole voiceover, so it's it's much more interesting than this is about to be. The first question is, what style date would you prefer? The first option is dinner and a movie, Dear Evan Hansen. Like there are this there are full choices. Uh, dinner and uh, the Imagine Van Gogh exhibit, hike or outdoor activity, beach and I think that's ice cream. Sorry, I screenshotted and like the TikToker's hand is in the way. Skating and hot chocolate, combination of all of the above other open box. <laughs> oh my God. Also, how can we do beach and ice skating? I, I'm not sure. Maybe there's a <gasps> ice skating rink. I feel like Aww, there might be that option really to actually cute. do both of those in my city. But uh, yeah, so it's funny. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of think there is a version where like it would be so cute if you asked someone out and once you got to text, you gave them like three options. Then you said other blank. Like, it, just in text. I don't know. It's kind of cute. <laughs> I like it. If someone sent that to me, I would be so fucking charmed. I mean, again, maybe not a Google, not Google form because yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck? But if someone texted me like three options and other, I would be like, oh, my God, this is someone who has put time and thought into this and also is like open to whatever I want to do. Like, how would you feel if you got that text? If I got a text with just literally like maybe three options and then D was other, like up to you. And I, I would be like, this is cute because it is – it's one, showing some effort. Like the Google form is showing too much effort, I'm afraid. But um, yeah, also the, these people were friends. Like I don't – I'm not sure. There was a box at the beginning of this TikTok where she's like, it asks for my name. And I'm like, dude, I hope you know this. So if, if, if someone is sending this Google – I don't know, but to each their own. But I would feel cuted out because it's basically the ultimate question asking of like, what do you want to yeah. do? But I'm also putting – I'm not just putting it on you. I'm putting effort in and giving you some options. And Totally. It's – I mean – it doesn't have to be as formal as like a bulleted thing, but I don't know. I find it cute. I, find it I think it's adorable. And I also think that if you're asking a friend on a date, there's a certain amount of like vulnerability and it could be like a way to, I don't know, mediate some of that. Be like, let's figure a few things out in writing and I'll be cute. And, you know, it'll be like, I don't know. Yeah. It's very stressful to ask a friend on a date. 
That's true. Yeah, if this was I, – I, again, haven't paid enough attention to this. I was just like, this is an amazing TikTok. Thank you for sending it. I want to talk about it. But this – yeah. It, maybe this love story goes on in the TikToks. I don't know. Ooh. Okay. Then it is what kind of food would you like? And the options are Indian, Thai, burgers, steakhouse, hilarious vegan options, and other again. <laughs> what would you Aww. like, Liza? <laughs> steakhouse. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Always. Um, yeah. Thai's a little tricky, though. This is a first date. I just in, – Indian doesn't actually – okay. We don't have to learn about my body and how it functions. <laughs> okay. On a scale of one to five, what is your preference in terms of fancy schmanciness? One, basically pajamas. Two, activewear. Three, everyday casual. Four, business casual. Five, dress and suit. <laughs> Again, like this is just fun to think about. What is your this preference, is Liza, on a Three. first date? Three, everyday casual? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think so. And then maybe I'm, even for business casual, but I wouldn't have said business casual. Yeah. I would have said like upscale casual. That might have been my preference. You know, it's like a, a for a man, like a button up and nice jeans and shoes rather than like a T-shirt hoodie and jeans and sneakers. You know what I mean? Oh, I think That's, I'm casual, but business casual. I hear you. Man, like business different. casual to me is like, I don't want I'm not wearing a blazer on a date or whatever it is. Yeah. Business but, casual is like blouse with extra sweaty armpits because you know how you just sweat when you have yes. to like talk to someone fancy yes. in a and those way. fabrics like don't take sweat well yes. like all my blouse fabrics it's like ugh, why also, can't they make that better blouse we're saying blouse like no no business casual <laughs> but I hear you like a little bit like you tried right not everyday casual like yeah like you tried. totally um and then I I definitely I, these are screenshots so the last piece is just it's not a question there's just I'll show Liza dinner and a movie and attached invitation. He attached an invitation to and said, please find attached a casual invitation. And she replied like, oh, yeah, very casual invitation. So cute. I don't know. Very I thought that cute. was fun. Oh, there was an like exit survey as well. That's what uh-huh. reminds me of what we do on this podcast when Carlin goes on dates. But anyway, cute. I Thank you for sending cute. that to It's the type of neurotic man that I would definitely take. <laughs> To be, to be fair, yeah, I'm not fully endorsing like do this to your dates, but I just found it fun and very ripe for TikTok, very very so. fun. All right, let's take a real quick break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about holiday loneliness, the engagements. We're gonna give you a pep talk. We're gonna do it. BRB. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about holiday loneliness as we have been doing lately. We're going to kick it off just by referencing an article and then we're going to we're going to break it down. So there is an article that's not specifically about holiday loneliness, but I posted it on our Instagram, 51firstdatespod. Um, and a lot of you said it was very relatable and 
I I really liked it. So it's called I Thought We'd All Be Single Together. It's in the cut by Devin Toome. And um, it begins with kind of timely talking about sex in the city and kind of what you – Here, I'll read this one paragraph. Today, when I think of Sex and the City, I think of season three. Carrie, then 34, meets Aiden, falls in love, and has her affair with Big. Miranda and Steve move in together, then break up the night before she makes partner. Charlotte marries Trey, kisses the gardener, and they separate. Samantha sleeps with an FDNY firefighter with Viagra, along with another clingy, very clingy Sam Jones, an Irishman, among others. As a single woman living in New York City, I turned 34 in October. And yes, Sex and the City was indeed my the first and only television show that exposed me to that kind of glamorous, exciting life I could and did make here. One filled with book parties for best-selling authors, hairstylists who give good layers, and exquisitely mixed cocktails. Thing is, I was told I wouldn't be doing it alone. This article is just about how, like, yes, amazing what Sex and the City showed us we could have. But, like, the reality of, especially in your 30s, is that people start – having these lives with partners, with babies, with new families, not just, you know, the old family, like their families that they're going home to, the parents or parent or grandparent that raised them. Um, And this article, yeah, is really looking at specifically like cishet female friendship, quoting the article. Um, But yeah. yeah, it just was – it's a really great read. It's a short read. Highly recommend it. I like that it just acknowledges that it's just fucking different and it's sad. Yeah, and that you can have all the glamour. I mean, my New York life is not glamorous, but it is, like, exactly what I always wanted. It's, like, artistic and creative mm-hmm. and filled with, like, people who inspire me and all of – like, it's not I, – I don't go to cool book parties or, like, events and I – you know, I can't afford to, like, buy any fancy shoes I want. But there is a part of my New York life that does feel very much like exactly what she's describing. This, you know, this life you expect for yourself based on TV tropes you can build here. But it's like it, it is always different than the, the TV tropes. And I, for me, a big part of that has been, like, revealed in the pandemic like I am in a relationship and I know that this is like a little bit different but so many of my friends left New York during the pandemic that I find myself not wanting to leave New York actually wanting to kind of like live here forever but being like oh I just sort of thought I would always have a community here and now I'm like oh I actually might not like I it it is like lonelier than I sort of thought I it would be based on these things and I, I know that, like, for single friends, this is this is so true. I, I have a couple – a couple of my best female friends are single, and this is something that they bring up a lot, which is, like, you know, it would be nice to have just, like, regular travel buddies or whatever, but those people start to become – get in relationships, and then they travel with their partner, and then I don't have a travel buddy, and, you know, it's, like yeah. – Yeah. It's so interesting. I feel like – so many times we've talked about reframing being single as not like a lesser than uh, relationship status or thinking about loneliness and singledom as in relation specifically to having a romantic partner or not. But I think there's a different loneliness where you can be number one, a okay 
great with being single or great with your relationship. There's still, I, you know, feel grateful to have a partner to go on those trips with, a romantic partner, but I miss, we've all grown up and gotten into these new things or just moved and there's like a a larger loneliness that doesn't get talked about that really permeates getting older and not going on trips with just your friends anymore. Yes, doing like dinners, but there's just so much. The article talks about kind of how it feels silly to talk to your friend who's having a baby about sex or dating and how that changes and it shouldn't. And I almost like, I want to be like, well, if you're in a relationship, you should do this and you should plan more trips. I don't feel like that's the conversation. It's more just like, we should all acknowledge this more because then maybe we'll appreciate those moments we have together or uh, go out of our way to like not uh, – I'm kind of giving advice like make more plans with your friends but just, you know, not let those relationships fade so quickly when you get into a relationship or start a family. It just, yeah. It's tricky. Yeah, and try to – I think that's something I may have even talked about this on the podcast before, but something I've noticed with certain friends and relationships is that like a wall goes up, I think, where Mm -hmm. they don't share as much as they used to. And I've certainly I'm sure done this like Mm -hmm. it's there's something natural with like when you live with your partner, you're going to fucking process your first line bullshit with them because they're just there. First line bullshit being like work anxieties, this, that, whatever, little things. I'm annoyed about this. I'm depressed about this. I'm feeling this about my family. I'm whatever. And then you don't take that kind of first line bullshit to friends. And I think that like you still should because it's important to get perspective outside of your like relationship about stuff. And I think you have to make sure. I I think it takes conscious effort to keep the wall down. I also think that there are friends who don't want to admit any vulnerabilities in their relationships because they think that their other friends are going to turn on their partners. Like, I've seen that and I've been like, you can just talk to me and I won't, like, tell you to break up with your partner. I mean, unless they're being, like, actually abusive or, like, a huge dick or whatever. But I think that happens a lot. And I think that when I've been on the other side of this, when I've been single and dealing with friends who were in – I remember when I was, like, in my – early mid 20s one of my best friends got into like the serious relationship of of her life like now married all of it and it was incredibly hard for me because I felt like the wall kind of went up Mm -hmm. and I talked to her about it and I don't think I had like as much self-awareness around it at that time and I it may have even been kind of like a contentious conversation but I'm glad I talked to her about it because it did make a difference so I think that like being intentional around not losing the connections as you get older. And some people will be more receptive to that than others. Some people will be really open to it and take the feedback. And some people will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's the exact same. Ha ha ha. And like, that's tough, but you can try. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when you mentioned kind of not the wall, the wall, I I like weirdly like have this loyalty, even like with my family where I like want to defend them, even when someone in my family is being shitty to me or like I'm actually not in the wrong like you know I almost like don't want to share the whole thing because I want to paint it in better strokes and like sometimes with my relationship too that's why even last week's episode was scary because it's like oh admitting that it's not perfect there's nothing's perfect but I feel the same way with like thinking about loneliness um and sharing with your friends I think the wall can most often goes up from the person who's like in the relationship or who started the family but then I think when you're single like 
you can feel like then you should paint your life in a a prettier way too and there's so much like well just tell them how great it is and like sex in the city and being single later and it's so fun but what I liked about this article was it was like no it doesn't take away from how amazing and cool it is that we're rethinking being single in different ways to admit that you're lonely there's a moment in the article where she talks about a friend saying to her like I'm not worried about you being single you'll find someone which like oh gosh like my first instinct is like what a jerk that's the thing we don't say anymore but then the writer says that she talked about this with her therapist who was like, well, like the cognitive dissonance of it means that you're probably more sensitive to this comment. Like not necessarily cool to say. I'm not saying that. But the therapist is like, you're more sensitive to this comment because you might actually be slightly worried for yourself. Not that you should be. But the writer just admits she just told her therapist she does want a relationship. So I think like if we're going to normalize all states of relationship, being in one, not being in one. Like, we have to normalize loneliness in both as well. You can be so lonely in a relationship, even a good relationship. You can feel lonely yeah. at times. You can miss your friends. You can also be so lonely when you're single, even when you're having an amazing life as a single person. Like, I feel like I, it's hard for me to explain. It sounds like I'm saying everything at once. But one, none of us are as alone as we think we are. Two, uh, grass is not always greener. <laughs> great totally yeah I mean I know I think three or four people who are in relationships committed some of them married some of them you know whatever who are unbelievably lonely and it's really really sad and it makes me as someone who's close to them feel like I wish I could you know show them that this isn't how it should be um, but I, I also think that like loneliness has a lot to do. This is where, okay, I'm going to get like crunchy, hippie, whatever. I think that like loneliness has a lot to do with your inner life at any given time because I, and it's funny cause I, I don't want to like, I almost feel like it's hard to define loneliness because I don't think loneliness has to do with being alone because lots of people who are alone and there is this like psychological um, phenomenon that says that like actually people the more people you're around like people who feel lonely in New York City feel more lonely because they see other people out having fun connecting with each other Mm -hmm. and it can show them more what they're missing rather than someone who's lonely in in a place that is less like you see less people on a day-to-day basis and I also think you know you can feel lonely in your own house with or with roommates where you, you you are technically with people, I think it's more about a, a striving for connection. So I have felt lonely even, yeah, in my relationship when we've just been too busy to connect with each other. And I've said like, okay, we need to go on a weekend away. Even though we live together, even though COVID we're together all the time, we still have this where it's like we are actually living in the same place but not taking the time to connect. So we have to make sure we have special moments to do that that is not like – crushing a bottle of wine on the couch on a Wednesday night watching you know some trash like it has to be more intentional than that and so I think if you're feeling lonely like it's it can be less about your actual circumstances and more about like the needs of your soul to connect with another human and that I think is actually like for me a fixable problem because almost everybody has a friend or a family member who you can just call right now and just be like just want to chat about life or like I'm feeling lonely do you ever feel lonely you know this is like 
I think when it's something like that, you can do something about it rather than this like idea of like existential loneliness or loneliness being about not being in a relationship or not Mm -hmm. having enough friends. Like I think if you want to connect with someone, call them, connect with them. Like I know that also can sound easier said than done because like lots of people, relationships have baggage or whatever, but think about what you love about a certain friend and call them and be like, I love this thing about you. And I was just thinking about it. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking about like sometimes I get really into my groove when I'm alone in my home, especially in these COVID times when like Tony has traveled and I'm like, yeah, I do everything my way. Like connect with yourself. Call yourself too. Like there's another way to like engage with yourself and like enjoy spending time with yourself rather than like I I guess what I'm trying to say is I've had moments where I'll like be kind of antisocial but also like have a solo weekend and I'm like not even seeing friends and I have a moment where I'm like what's wrong with me and by the end of the weekend if I haven't seen anyone I I do feel like it would have been nice to connect with an outside person but I also was just kind of stopping myself from just enjoying the solo weekend and I know easier said when it's just a weekend but I'm not even talking about romantic partners I just think we need to kind of like lean into not the loneliness if it's crushing you but the the uh solo-ness of of certain moments and like totally. how cool it is to at the end of this article you know the author is talking about just like being on a date looking across seeing a bunch of other women all kind of talking about their dating lives and we're not alone and I had the exact experience you described in New York, Liza, where I always think I felt more lonely or like I should be doing something. You just have to kind of enjoy the the time you spend with yourself too or the night in. I'm making it very much about um, social plans right now. But okay, let's talk about if – okay, the engagements of it all. You see the engagement real time. You're looking on Instagram. That is like the ultimate New York City, you know, seeing everyone around you doing things and fake things. At least in New York, you see people having flight, fights on the sidewalk and you're like, ah, ha, ha. And you're like, okay, uh, sometimes it sucks too. Like a drunk yeah. girl puking in the bathroom. You're like, ha, ha, glad I stayed in. Um, you see the Instagram post. Someone's engaged. It's not like someone who means anything personally to you. So there's not like a happiness or a sadness, but there's a weird, whether it's like anxiety, jealousy, frustration of just like, why, why is everyone doing this at this time of year? Like, what is the way to just process those feelings? Again, this is feeling kind of crunchy, but like, in that moment, Liza, what do you think how, – how do you think – as an engaged person on this podcast, how do you think without being rude to you – like there's still a weird – I don't know if no, it even changes. This is why Does I it change post- when you're engaged or are you still kind um, of like, eh? Are you okay. only happy for people or are you like – No. Annoying. That's annoying. That <laughs> so post- it depends on – it depends on the person and it depends yeah. on – this is this is me really revealing a part of myself that maybe I don't like. It depends on their relationship. I have friends who have gotten engaged who I don't think should be engaged and it makes me sad for my friend. And I have friends who get engaged who I'm like, it's just such pure joy. Like we all have this experience where it's like the the relationship, you can tell when someone is in a relationship that fucking lights them up. And I would say, unfortunately, I think it's like a slight minority of relationships, maybe 40, 60. And... That's judgmental of me, um, certainly. 
But I also think that plenty of people are thinking about getting married and having families and it's more of like an intentionality thing, which is actually also okay as long as your partner is good to you and loves you. It's not like every relationship has to be like deep life-changing love, although I think that like it, it should be and I I feel that way about my partner and I want everyone else to feel that way too. Um, and if that's what you want out of a, if you, if you want to like have a life partner and a father, a good father or mother or parent to your child and a good business, like there, you know, there is something to be said for choosing a partner intentionally. That's not about that, but just like being someone who's just like stupid fucking in love with my partner and has been for eight years now. It's great. Like it should be, it, it exists and it's really good. And I want my friends to feel that way about their partners. So that's so so basically it's mixed when I see these engagements but when I see engagements of people who I don't know that well when it's just like the social media friends of friends someone who I don't know their partner I don't have feelings on their relationship mostly I just think the social media posts are over the top (laughs) because I think they're almost meant to make other people it's about like look what I have it's meant to make sorry to totally interrupt you Uh, you were about to say it's meant to make other feel people feel badly I almost am going to give humankind the benefit of the doubt I don't know if it's necessary about making other people feel badly but it is look what I have and if you have to say look what I have it probably has to do with you making yourself feel better about what you have because you might not be so certain that it's so great do you know what I mean at least that's been my relationship with posting on Instagram yes and it's always more transparent than you think like if you're posting for x to like it's so everyone knows what you're doing yeah. I, there are people I follow where I'm like, I know if you're having a good time in your relationship or a bad time. Yes. 100%. And I think there's also something about the polish of the post. I really like when people yeah. post something that's like, hey, we got engaged a couple weeks ago. This is us like eating a pizza in our underwear or in our pajamas. Like when it's really polished, like photos of like the ring, but, you no. know, it's that to the me, ring photo. I'm always Absolutely like, never. Yes. Sorry. That's yeah. the tackiest thing I've ever Totally. Or like I sometimes like, you know, when people post, there's like people posting ugly crying photos of when they got engaged. Sometimes like that. I'm like, yeah, this is nice and a sweet moment. And you want to share the news. Like I didn't post an engagement. I didn't post any engagement social media stuff because I just don't I just didn't want to. And I'm not judging other people who do at all. I just it just, I don't look. We all know how I feel about social media. This grumpy grandma didn't want to do it. So I I am not slamming that but I think that there is there are people who like plan the post and it's like a carousel of like a bunch of like really polished photos where everyone looks amazing and it's like this long paragraph like waxing poetic about their love and that to me always rings a little bit performative and and that's my thing and that's why I yeah I stopped myself before I said it's to make other people feel bad because you're right it's not it's just about performing something about being in a relationship Mm -hmm. and the performance often does make other people feel bad because it's hard to remember that a lot of times it's a performance. So let's give a quick pep talk for when you're for when it makes you feel bad. Yeah. I think also like let's lightly fold into this pep talk the fact that a lot of this shit happens in the holidays. Yeah. And the holidays are yeah are a time you can like already feel lonely. Yeah. You're at home. I, I will just put it in terms of my life at home. My whole family is different. Like my mom's not here anymore. We all, or maybe something like that has happened in your life. You're, you know, you're sitting in your underwear. You just burnt the pie. You're crying. You feel so dark. You're like, why am I so upset? This is normally something that should be making me feel 10% upset. And I'm at a hundred percent because it's the holidays. That's why. 
what is, I'm looking at an engagement. I'm single for a while and I, I'm just putting myself, not that engagements don't still make me feel weird. They do. But I'm just thinking about the way I talk to myself, especially before this podcast, not to toot our own horn, but when I like had no control over my dating life, just felt like everyone, I was like the one before the one, like just, just beating myself up, seeing an engagement. What is the pep talk in that moment? Holidays yeah. pep talk. First of all, put your phone down. Yeah. Don't don't pick it up for the rest of the night. Have a cocktail, a strong one if you want one. If you don't drink, have a cookie. If you don't eat sugar, you need some <laughs> kind of a vice, coffee, I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> I feel like there are people who don't do any of those three. Oh uh, my god. A Literally carrot, like a reindeer. God bless you if you are I mean, I I You're need 25 vices just to get through my day to day. Um Take, take, give yourself something yummy and happy and really put your phone down and don't go on social media because it's going to continue to make you feel bad. I would say call a friend. Again, I think that that jolt of loneliness is a desire for connection and a reaction to the performative nature of social media. So think about your people, the people who you fucking love, who do make you feel that way. It could be a a family member, a cousin, a friend, your parent, your whoever it is, and just fucking FaceTime bomb them. Get a little buzz and FaceTime them. And you will have a laugh and you will have a good time. And if they don't pick up, FaceTime the next person on that list. Mm -hmm. Group FaceTime a group thread and just see if anybody picks up. And if sometimes the holidays are tricky because people are out doing stuff, whatever, if nobody picks up, start sending goofy voice notes someone will text you back just reach out for connection and enjoy it that's what I would that's what I would say is think about who you can connect with in this moment if you if you need to call and bitch about someone's cheesy engagement post I say do it (laughs) you know Um, yeah if someone knows them if you have a mutual friend be like do you see this shit (laughs) just do it I know it's judgmental, but it makes you feel better, and it's a it's a victimless crime. It's it's allowed. Yeah, I feel like here's here's my thing. You are doing amazing. You are great. You are so fucking cool. You are sad right now, and you're having a tough time and a tougher time than normal. Whether you've been broken up with or whether you're just having a normal year in your life and you actually just got a raise at work, you're having a tougher time with something small or something big because it's the holidays. The holidays are weird. They're weird for everyone, even that person that got engaged, even that ex who's like posting with their new baby and his wife. I am certain he fought with his family over something yesterday. The holidays are a weird time they have nothing your feelings right now are not going to be your feelings forever you can look back on any other holiday any other dark moment like this any other lonely moment like this and see how you bounce back from it or didn't bounce back took your time coming back from it but your place in the world where you're sitting what you're looking at on social media right now has absolutely nothing to do with what's going to happen tomorrow what's going to happen in 10 years or just how good of a life you can have with a partner or not and I just have been thinking about all the posts Chelsea Handler has been putting up with her boyfriend being like if I ever knew I would find love at this age like wow wish I did like wish I would have not that again that needs to be the goal but let's just say you really want partnership you're lonely this year yes crave that partnership but also be be helpful about it don't let all the other people telling you because you didn't find it by a certain age Oh, just like so you can have children sooner. Oh, like, no, no, you are great. You are good. Holidays are freaking tough. And I 
I want you to tell yourself that you're cooler than those people getting engaged because honestly you are because it's just it's it's on it's easier to put up a, a carousel of people celebrating your love even though half those people probably don't believe in your love honestly sorry than it is to just like sit in your feelings so you're sitting in your feelings you're a stronger person for it night night amen okay, <laughs> okay so right. we do, I think uh, we should do this listener question to close us out because it's so on theme what do you think no? yeah I guess we can do our gift guide next time sorry yeah that'll be fun we'll do it with cool. Carlin she'll have good ideas okay okay Great. you want to read it or should I you can okay ready uh thoughts on traveling single one of my exes is getting married this summer to a woman he cheated on me with Ugh, and I'm struggling with it yeah of course you are oh my god that's horrible I'm sorry okay I'm gonna stop editorializing I decided it would be nice to have something to look forward to during this challenging time. And yesterday, I booked a trip to Switzerland with a solo travel group. Financially, I can afford it. I've traveled internationally before, and it's a place I've always wanted to go. But I'm also worried that I might have just made an impulsive decision to run away from something that will make me sad and that in the long run, I will think is a bad decision. Has anyone been in this situ- in a situation like this and have any perspectives slash pro- pros or cons? So, Kimmy. first of all, I am so, so sorry that this happened to you. This is the ultimate nightmare this is why relationships are so scary and so hard and why I mean it's a like traveling single sounds infinitely better than this relationship given how it ended up I'm sorry to take your question and just apply it to other listeners feelings but okay one I'm so excited that you did this for you can financially afford it so I think for me this is a very easy it's an easy answer but I know that it's not actually easy financially you can afford it and you've traveled internationally so there's no hurdle like there which is great you've always wanted to go there and you booked it solo which is so bold and brave and cool very different but when I lost my mom I had this insane urge to travel solo I was like looking at Tulum retreats and oh, I hate myself I never, why did I, did I never do it? Cool, cool. But I never did it, right? And I know your question's different, but I think there's just, just want to acknowledge the power and like looking into doing something for yourself, actually booking that thing for yourself and knowing what you need and what will, what will feel exciting to you. Also, I'm noticing a solo travel group. So your opportunity to not romantically, just like meet people. That's very cool. You're worried that you might have just made an impulsive decision to run away from something that will make you sad and that in the long run, you'll think this is a bad decision. You are not running away from anything. You are running towards something. You, This person ran away from you in the most disgusting way possible and you sh- should absolutely still be struggling with it. Sorry, I hate that you are, but like totally normal to still have lots of feelings and want to just get away. Kind of like putting the phone down. This is a much more intense version of that. You're going to do something for yourself because someone who is supposed to prioritize you didn't. So you're going to prioritize yourself now and you can prioritize yourself better than your previous partner could. Um, I I just, I don't see any cons, honestly, especially because it's not like it's a financially impulsive decision. And again, we're not a money podcast. Like I don't care how you spend your money. But I don't think run away from something that will make me sad and think it's a bad decision. I do not think you will think it's a bad decision. Even if you have the worst weather and there's a jerk on your trip, it won't be a bad decision. It's Sorry. We got to like yes. pray love sometimes. I, I like yes. it's it's actually a thing. And sorry, Liz, I keep going. I want to hear all. your thoughts. But I, you're running away from something that will make you sad. 
I guarantee if you don't go on this trip, it will make you sad as well. So why not go? A hundred percent. I would say that like those impulsive decisions, again, as long as they're not like unhealthy for our bodies or minds, (laughs) are some of the best decisions I've made. Uh, This spring, I, sorry, this like late winter, early spring, I was the most depressed I've been in almost 10 years. And I said to Jeff, like, we need to go on a road trip or we need to get the fuck out of New York for like a long time. Like, we, I need this. If I don't have it, I'm going to freak out. Like, I am not in a good place and I want to book it right now today. And this is so out of my character. I'm like an overthinker of I can I could go to the Olympics for overthinking. And he was like, what the fuck? But we like sat down and found an Airbnb and we're just like, OK, we'll just figure this out and whatever. And he was like, let's let's do this if you need it and whatever. It was an impulsive decision and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made because I was listening to a deep part of myself that was like, I need it and I'm going to do it for myself. I can and I will and I will figure out the logistics. And I think that you in a deep inner part of yourself has said like, I need this and I'm going to do it. That's fucking awesome. I'm proud that you listen to yourself. Like it is really, really, really good. I think I, I agree with everything Kimmy said. She put it perfectly. The only little sprinkle of salt I would add is that you may feel really, really sad on the day he gets married, even if you're in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. I would say, like, don't have the expectation on this trip that you're going to forget that it's happening and that you're going to be, like, happy fun times the whole time. You may have a lot of feelings about it and you may process it. But you're going to get to process it while you're also processing, like, extreme beauty and chocolate and cheese. And, like, hopefully you do a Sound of Music tour because, like, I want to go to Salzburg. Oh, fuck. That's Austria. It's amazing. Look at you this. Should, you should add God it. damn it. Okay. They're very Never close. mind. They're, they're doable on a trip. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. can look at some fucking beautiful Alps and and you can be processing other things, too. So, like, don't feel bad if you feel sad or depressed over your ex's marriage while you're there just know that you are giving yourself the gift of being able to feel bad while also having like a beautiful experience and that is so fucking smart so kudos to you have so much fun please send us some pictures yeah this is gift guide tease the first gift is a gift to yourself if you're feeling particular you're having a particularly hard time this year give yourself the gift of a trip or an outing you really love and and are excited about. 100%. I also just life is short for everything we talked about today and our holidaying part two, which will come out rapidly because we are kind of late on this week's episode. Uh, we will do our gift guide, but I just want to say for all of this, life is so short. It is so unpredictable. It is so full of pain. There's no way it's not going to be full of pain. This is so cheesy. Many poets and philosophers have said this better than me, but without all of that pain, and these very tough things, we would not have all of the good. And it's really hard to remember, I think, like that you just have to not embrace the loneliness or embrace the downs, but sort of you have to just accept them because I'm just offer, often avoiding them so hard that then you don't have the highs either. I'm just like at this like vibrating anxiety filled middle state until something really just happens that I can't control. And I would just say like, Lately, I've just been feeling like life is so short and I don't want to scare us, but I would say just like 
be in every moment you can. I promise I didn't do mushrooms or anything. I just like. No, it's smart, especially in the holidays. Like I, I also think that you're talking about the, the, the great Buddhist concept of impermanence. Everything yes, is impermanent. There we go. And I think that during the holidays, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling really low, if you hate the holidays, if you have tough family stuff, any of it. Just remember, like, it's just a couple of days and the world outside of you might be telling you all over the place that you should be feeling festive and jolly. But then turn off social media. Don't watch TV commercials. Get out of the places where they're playing Christmas music and just be like, it's just another month and the holidays are just two or three days and they will pass. And do do something really nice for yourself. Buy yourself a nice present and you got this. And if you want a tiny bit of holiday spirit, listen to Eight Days of Christmas by Destiny's Child. Okay. All right. Uh, we, we love, love you guys. You all so much. And if you want to, go on a holiday. Go on a holiday. See you soon. Bye. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.